Hello and welcome to Stage Milk Acting Conversations. I'm Andrew Hurl and thanks for tuning in to our fifth episode of the series so far. And yeah, 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 yeah. I'm feeling very, very inspired myself. I've been um, sitting down with these incredible people over the last um, month and a bit and... It's very inspiring to sit down with people you look up to as much as a lot of the guests I've had on this show, and today is a great example of that. I interview Luke Mullins, who is an incredible actor. For me, I knew his work mainly on the stage. He works a lot for Belvoir, um, which is a fantastic theatre company here in Sydney, Um, but he does a lot of great work in theatre and film and TV as well. So he's an incredible actor. If you're not familiar with his work, that doesn't matter. Just trust me that he is an incredible actor um, and soak up his insights and his, uh, I I think, his general um, approach to the craft, to the art, as we talk about a little bit, um, is incredible. And I think you'll get a lot from this interview. So here's my chat with Luke Mullins. This podcast is brought to you by MEAA, which is the Media, Entertainment and Arts Alliance. If you're an actor in Australia, you need to be a part of MEAA. And I could go on some grandiose rant about why that is, but suffice to say, we're stronger together. Right. Lovely little slogan, but it's very true. As actors, community is incredibly important. It's incredibly important for our mental health, for creating work, but also for fighting for our rights. And this is the body that is making that happen. These are the people that are standing up for performers every single day. So please, if you're an actor, jump on meaa.org. There's a nice join button up the top. Check it out. It's really simple to do. And it's a very minimal cost for what you get and for how much... um, it helps us as an industry and as actors and performers. So please get on board, meaa.org. Hey, Luke. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. No, it's great to be here. <laughs> um, so I've got so much I sort of want to pick your brain about, but I thought we would start backtracking a little bit to your time you studied at uh, VCA that's right during College of the Arts um, how was your drama school experience um, well it was it was the best of times it was the worst of times <laughs> um, oh yeah uh, I think I was really lucky to go to the VCA at that point um, at the time I was there there was a really uh, incredible staff um, running running the place um, headed up by Lindy Davies um, and people like Robert Draffin, Lisa Shelton, Tanya Gerstle, mm. Rob Meldrum, um, Geraldine Cook um, were running the, the courses and departments there. Uh, and uh, the program was really, really integrated. It had a very, very strong vision. It wasn't for everybody, mm. but because of that very particular and strong vision, I think what we got was uh, a very, very rigorous training. And um, mm. yeah, I feel really lucky to have been a part of that at that time I mean I think in any in, in, in institution really is only the people who are who are there you know mm. it's places of course have reputations and, and names but um, really it's it's about who's 
who's teaching there at, at the time. That's, mm. that's the training you're getting. Yeah. Was there a particular, at that time, particular like acting method they pushed on you in terms of being quite strict with that? Or was it more of a, they gave you a whole bunch of stuff that you could you it know, was, use it bits was here and there? sort of neither really. I mean, it certainly wouldn't be referred to as a, a method. Yeah. Um, it was a very, very particular approach. Right. Um, with very particular principles and values guiding it, right. um, rather than a grab bag of here's a bit of this and that and yeah, the other yeah. thing. So it was a very particular and rigorous approach. Each of the key staff members had their own um, way in, into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, because there was a, a single rigorous um, set of parameters for, for what, you know what being an artist is actually mm. that that was the the big difference for me yeah yeah i found as well when i was um studying that just the um the process of going through the years and the sort of the expectation sort of of the course or of the the the, the other classes below you kind of helps lift you as well it's the the atmosphere of just being around mm. you know um, did you feel you learned a lot from having from your peers and from people within your class and stepping up to other actors definitely yeah. I think I mean I think that's a strange thing you know it is a forced situation you, you, you're forced to be part of a group and being part of a group you know there's a group dynamic you get put into different uh, roles in, and you know different behaviours come out because of the people you're in a room with mm. um, which serves some people really well and doesn't serve some people so so well you know it it can it can really not work um and yeah the the i guess the most in terms of the people who were there the most important thing for me was the people i i met through my time at the vca have become some of the key collaborators i've continued to work with through my career and Mm. Really, it's only through the people I met there, the training I got and the work we started to make once we graduated that I have any career at all, really. Mm. Um, so that was that was really, um, yeah, a big part of, of, of um, my kind of entry into the industry. Yeah. So did you guys know when you, did you come out going, let's just start making work? There was a few of you within the year or whatever that... Absolutely, through in, in, in my year and, and uh, in other years and people who'd gone through the directing course and, and other related courses that you kind of realise you have an affinity with and because the training there was very much focused on um, uh, being an artist and and that then if you address that question you have to think a bit more about you know why you're doing what you're doing and what you want to do rather than just mm. I want to get a job in the industry. So that was never, in terms of the values of the place, getting a job in the industry was never something that was um, overtly valued. What was valued is who are you as an artist and what do you want to do and what do you want to put out into the world. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, because I, um, I think that was the same with my training, but I think you, you do feel, especially when you come out of a drama school, there is that, um, that career element is so so pushed and and it's really not it's always comes back to to what you want to create mm. and and um do like do you do you still keep that mentality with your with your work that it's always trying to come back to the artistry of it rather than going oh this might be a great role to 
push me forward in a certain way. I think you've got to be pragmatic. So there mm. certainly is, you know, once you, you know, you know, establish a, a career and and you certainly need to be pragmatic. So there's absolutely choices you make that are about, you know, this is a great opportunity or mm. I'm going to pursue that because it's um, because it's going to pay me well and allow me to do other things or because it's a good stepping stone in terms of building uh, uh, momentum and getting to do other things I really mm. want to do. But whenever you're working on a project, you've got to find something, some way, you know, I yeah, think, yeah. As, as, in terms of, you know, why am I as an artist doing this? Otherwise, mm. you're just going to do a bad job. Mm. And usually there's there's something you can find. Usually there's, you know, <laughs> there's something, you know, in, in anything you can find, whether it's someone you're working with or whether it's a single idea in a script that you go, that's important and I want to tell that story. Mm. Um, there's, there's always a way in if, if you look hard enough and if you can't find a way in, then you need to think about is this right for me? Yeah, yeah. Um, one final question, just jump back to with drama school, a lot of people listening might be a, at drama school or looking at getting in um, or auditioning. Um, what, what do you think, is there, looking back, do you think there's a particular approach um, to get the most out of a drama school experience? Do you think in some ways, um, yeah, I mean, I think for, for me looking back, I felt that I didn't make enough mistakes or take enough risks there because it's actually quite a safe environment I think mm. comparatively to working um, in the industry is there anything particular like that you feel to, to get the most out of a, a training experience yeah I was very young when I went to VC I was the youngest person in my year and and that was uh, tricky for me mm. because I hadn't really I had no life experience. I hadn't lived. So I was sort of trying to do that at the same time. Whereas mm. people, even, you know, when you're that, you know, 18, 19, 20, two years can make a big difference. Mm. A year of, you know, people who've done a degree or lived overseas or lived out of home or traveled or, you know, had relationships. It's in, in that, you know, two years is actually a, a big difference at that yeah. time. If you haven't done any of that stuff, as <laughs> I hadn't, you know, I was, I was a, a kid. I was really naive in many ways. Um, so, Holding off would have been, I reckon, really good for me, a year or two. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. Um, and, and the other thing, as you say, yeah, make the most of it. And I also, I, I, I sort of had a utopian ideal. I thought, you know, finally I'll be with all the people who um, are just like me and who, who I understand. And, and I, I had uh, the sort of the, the stuff, I guess, on, on a pedestal a bit. And, and there are people you're working with and not everything you hear is the truth. So question stuff as well, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, not not as a as a way to be provocative, but you know, think do I agree with that? What does mm. that actually mean? And if you don't understand, ask mm. um, until you until you do understand, because that's their job is to mm. is to you know help you understand. Um, and I think if I'd done more of that, I probably would have got a lot more out of it at yeah. the time. Um, but having said that, I continue to get a lot out of what I learned at drama school. I continue to learn more and more about what I learned then. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah. Um, and how, especially being young, how did you find when you graduated that sort of first period of, you know, the first few years out? Um, kind of fine. I was so glad to be out in, in the real world, I, I guess. Mm. And I didn't have kind of some kind of career plan or aspirations. Yeah. There wasn't a lot I was seeing around me that I really... Um, you know, when, wow, I want to be a part of that. I want to, I want to do that. It was the people who, who I trained with and met who were the people who were inspiring me. So that's mm. why I guess we started making our own work because we weren't seeing the work as this was in Melbourne 
um, we weren't seeing the work out there that we wanted to be a part of. So we, we did it ourselves. Mm. So those first few years you were doing a lot of making theatre with A lot with of making theatre with, um, with people I knew and people I, I met through, through doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think was your first... It was a few years that you got an MTC gig, which is this sort of state theatre company in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, so that was the first sort of major, I guess, theatre break, if you will. Yeah, I did my, I did a little TV job and I did a, um, a, this, a production of Cloud9 at, at Melbourne Theatre Company. That was my kind of first um, mm. and main stage theatre yeah. job, yeah. I guess. How did... Because um, I think so many people... I feel like in Sydney especially people feel it's... Uh, they don't know the approach to, I guess, breaking into theatre, if you put it like that, or um, there might be this illusion that it's clicky or it's 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 um, a closed community. But how did you did you find for you it was because you were doing something outside of it and making your own work that that sort of attracted people were coming <coughs> to see you through that that sort of route? Absolutely, it's the only reason I I've had any work. Um, it's especially certainly in the early stages of of my career um it was absolutely about making work putting it on people came to see it and through that other opportunities mm. came up um which was never the intention either it, when you know we were not kind of going oh if we do this independent show yeah, yeah. maybe so and so will see it and we'll get a job that was kind of the last thing on our minds in a way we were just kind of doing stuff and people happened to come i don't even think we were really inviting those people mm. but the work was um, of a certain quality, I guess, and, and gained a reputation that people wanted to see it, see it so they started coming mm. to see it, and um, and things came from that. Um, but yes, I think if, if it had been the other way around, if we'd gone, well, if we do this, we, we might get a, a, a real job, so mm. to speak, I think we probably would have failed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the reason was that we were making work that we believed in, that we wanted to make, and that no one else was doing. Mm. Uh, yeah. Do you still go back to collaborating with? Absolutely. Do, do, yeah, doing work with. Yeah, I, I spent and most of that work happens in Melbourne, um, yeah. um, more than more than Sydney, and I go back to Melbourne quite a bit and, and make work down there with a number of different companies. A lot of the work attracts funding now, so yeah. it is um, paid, you know, through grants from Australia Council, Arts Victoria, and places like that. Um, in fact, this show I'm doing at Belvoir at the moment is is an independent show that we've been developing for over a number of years oh right and then yeah it's yeah so it's a, it's a co-production yeah. between Stuck Pig Squealing and Belvoir which is and Stuck Pig Squealing is our company in Melbourne there's yep. myself Chris Conn Lally Katz Jethro Woodward Richard Varbrain and, and a few other people who we work with a lot um, so that was the first company I started working with when I finished drama school and we mm-hmm. made a whole bunch of shows together uh, and in the last few years, we both we've all been off kind of doing other things, and we came back together a few years ago and started working on this new piece that Lally was writing called Back at the Dojo. Mm. We did three development stages on it in Melbourne, mm. and Belvoir saw I think one of the showings we did of the most recent development about a year and a half, two years ago, and and really liked it. So they picked it up as a co-production. Yeah. So that that show at Belvoir is absolutely a product of that that body of work in, yeah. that we've been doing. Yeah. It's yeah. It's 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 very exciting. It's it's a yeah. It's a a great approach to you know to to acting and to to being an artist to just make work for you, and then it obviously naturally attracts people. And you know if you, if what you're doing is exciting and um, 
you know, offering something, then people want to get on, get involved and, yeah. you know. I mean, it's funny to make work, when you say make work for you, I kind of go, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely for an audience and it's absolutely yeah. a response to the world and what we want to say in the world as artists or put out into the world of what we see missing in the world, you know. So it's not kind of, it's not about... Um, it's not about serving ourselves. It's not about sure, this would be a great it, um, role for me or this. Yeah, this, yeah. This, but, this, you know. but is it? Tr- I think my meaning there was um, doing um, stuff sort of true to you, I guess, that you want, like you say, that you want to put out. In, I know. think that's what being yeah. an artist is. I mean, yeah. if, if you don't have something you want to say that you think is important that people should listen to, mm. then why would you make anything, whether yeah. you're making music or, or visual art or, or performance or film? You know, it. it You've, mm. you've got to have something you want to say and that you want to say to people mm. uh, that's, that's, that's bigger than yourself. And, and theatre is a great example of that because it's so collaborative. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, it's, it's, if, you, if you've got a group of people who all have something they want to say aesthetically as well as in terms of content and meaning, then, then hopefully what you make is the, bigger than the sum of your parts. Yeah. And, and obviously going back to theatre, um, you... Uh, it seems like a, a lot of your work, um, well, it, you're always going back to doing theatre and, and theatre makes up a lot of what you do as an actor. Is that now a conscious decision? Do you, is theatre sort of where you um, feel most comfortable or where you have the most to offer or in, in terms of, again, something, you know, TV or film work? Um, no, sort of the opposite. At the moment, I'm, I'm really trying to pursue more TV oh. and film work because <laughs> I, I've not done you're that. You're dragging you back. You know, <laughs> I've, ne- I've not ever sort of set aside a, a chunk of time to not do theatre and be, yeah, right. be going, okay, I'm just going to focus on film and TV. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do at the moment. But you do keep it just when you think you're out there, they pull you back in. Um, you know, when projects come up and they're exciting projects or great roles with people who you really want to work with, yeah, it's yeah. very hard to say no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I'm, I'm Was that initially the case, though, that theatre was where you f- felt you wanted to... Um, yeah, or, I th- yeah, I think so. It's, it was initially the, the thing that um, that excited me when I first discovered theatre, I guess. Mm. When I first got interested in acting, I guess, was it was about theatre, mm. not about film or TV. Mm. Though I, I love film and, and television, especially, you know, more so now. Um, but yes, theater, it was when I found theatre that I, I wanted to start acting. Yeah, sure. Mm. Um, when, as you say, moving more into or looking at doing more into in film and TV, when you work on, do, do you find your approach is different working on film and and working on on stage? You, your approach sort of has to be different because with the film and TV thing, you, you're you're working so much by yourself. You know, yeah. so much. You know, with theatre, you you can prepare, you can do reams and reams of research which I love to do and yeah. that all happens by yourself but then you have you know hopefully at least four weeks maybe five weeks in a room with everyone else to go let's make this thing together yeah. and it can change completely within that time it can change completely the day before you open a show it frequently does <laughs> um, but with film and TV I think you're so often doing a lot of the the actual preparation by yourself and you you get on a set and mm. and you don't necessarily have a lot of time with the people to go what are we actually making here what do you want to do oh let's change that completely or I might completely change my approach to this character or my idea about what I'm doing um, 
yeah, I think I think I find with the film and TV stuff I've done, I've had to do a lot more in isolation, mm. which is a little sad because I, I love <laughs> you. You know, you're made better by other people, yeah, of yeah. course. Um, so do you think it's important then to be very well prepared? Have you found definitely? That, yeah, that yeah, you can't leave too much. Just you know, incredibly well prepared so that you can throw it yeah. all out yeah, and. Sure. I, I think the the more prepared I am, the more I can just be in the moment and be spontaneous yeah. with another actor, which is the magic too of working with a camera where you don't know what's going to happen. It's not so prepared in terms of what the other person is doing perhaps or what you're, you're so there's room for things to catch you by surprise. And, mm-hmm. and, and th- I guess it's like things that happen in rehearsal that you go, oh, wow, that, that was a whole new thing or that really caught my surprise or that was really different. And then you want to hold on to it and repeat it. Mm. That on with a camera, you don't have to. It's it's they've got it. You know, yeah, hopefully yeah. there. So that's a great. I'd love to pick your brain about that. What, what, what? How do you approach that phenomenon that does happen always in the rehearsal room where you do something and seems to get a great reaction or you feel you know you feel it really works. Mm. Um, but yeah, like you say, when you try to then recreate it or hold on to it, um, you can often lose it. Do you do you try? is it always a process do you, do you like how really rambling there how um, do, how structured do you feel you get your perform your performance in a theater show do you do you like to leave a lot of room that each night can be completely different and you can you know i think some people really yeah. leave it very open and, and like to mix it up every night obviously there will always be an element of you know got to stand here at certain points but, yes yeah. i think it's a bit of both i like to be very very st- structured often and then because I feel like the stronger the parameters are then the looser you can be without it going off track sure then you know then you can be finding new things every night and being really spontaneous without it being uh risking falling over Mm. or not working or you know completely sabotaging the other people you're working with on stage <laughs> because you know you, you have to agree to certain things you know like for given circumstances you've got to play the same given circumstances otherwise the story won't happen and, and then nothing's happening um and I, I yeah my general thing is like and this is the same for rehearsal too like you know the stronger the parameters then then the freer you can be mm. rather than the other way around because the more specific you're being about what the requirements are you can then you can go deeper into something and a whole world can open up if this are like well i don't know it's like it's a big empty field just just see what happens mm. you can flop around for days and go well i could do this or this or this or this yeah, like yeah. you know what does it all mean but if you go the parameters are this and it's very specific they go right i can go right in a vertical way right deep into mm. that and a whole rich spontaneous world can exist without the story going off track without it sabotaging another person's performance Mm. etc um so yeah about going more vertically into Mm. the character the moments the world of the play than sort of just doing something differently for the sake of it Mm. um yeah i don't know if that makes sense no definitely um the speaking of like in, in in the rehearsal room, do you with, with those parameters? Do you often early on come in then with like a strong decision and go, you know, I'm going to give this a go and then see how that lands? Or what's your in a sort of theatre rehearsal? Um, do you have a, a, a set approach to that? Would you like to as well? Um, 
it changes play to play and it depends a lot on the type of production, the type of play mm. and also the director. I, I really like to go into something having a very strong sense of what the vision for the piece is, yeah. why we're doing it. So will you hold a director up to that if, if you feel you'll yes. really pick their brain about Absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like even if I'm asked to do a job, I want to sit down with them and go, "Yeah, that's great." What, what, like you know, great. Now tell me why and and, and what your ideas for yeah. it are. To go, okay, is that a version of this piece that I can understand how to be in, mm-hmm. uh, and how can I take what they're describing and and do something with it? And it doesn't have to be all thought out. Like I don't, I don't like a director to go this is how it's going to be I know everything mm. I want them to go you know this is what I think and then we'll find out like just mm. but there's got to be something it could it can be as simple as a design thing that you go right that gives me a whole clue into how you're thinking about mm. this and I can spin off from that and sometimes it doesn't sometimes it can be incredibly well thought out and you go well there's nothing to spin off there's nothing that's mm. getting me here but I think it's going what is what is the lens what is the lens through which you want to see this thing mm. Uh, and that can be very small. It can be one idea. It can be a word. It can be one reference image. It can be, or it can be something very, very well thought out and complex. Mm. As long as there's some traction there, that you go, okay, I can get some traction on that, and I know how how to get into this production that you're making, rather mm. than some other production of what this play might be. Mm. Uh, and then for my own. Sort of preparatory research is 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 the most important thing, and that's not necessarily, you know, um, what was it like in Russia in, in eighteen, you know, mm. ninety five, and what 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 do people wear on their feet? That can be part of it, but it might be much more abstract approach to research as well. That's like, what is the visual world of this, the sensual world of it? What is the visual stuff? Visual art is a big yeah. way in, and and that yeah. really helps too if the if it's not a naturalistic or if it's a recontextualized version of something, if you're doing, mm. a, you know, something that's an abstract version of a Shakespeare rather than, oh, it's, you know, much to do about nothing set in um, 1980s London or something. Mm. You go, okay, that's specific. I know what that is. But if it's kind of like it's it's an abstract version of a world, then you go, great. What is the way into this? And and often, yeah, it's, it's visual, it's the visual art. If I yeah. can find a visual image they go that's the world that's the the body the shape of it the feeling of it then that that starts to spark off yeah how to be in that world yeah i think that's a great point because i i thought at the end of drama school i was getting um because we had a bit more of a oh here's this approach and this and i and i thought i think trying to do everything right you can get very intellectual and i would sit down with a script and it was a lot of looking at a script with a pencil and getting very intellectual, which mm. can be useful. Mm. Um, but you're right. If, I think I would have felt at that time that, you know, using visual art or using, you know, going, putting some music on or some other ways in didn't feel as um, legitimate, but they absolutely mm. are. And they can be, you know, absolutely. a much better way. And can be a much better way in sometimes. Yeah. Do you um, do, you do quite a... Um, a lot of sort of that intellectual work or have a, a method when you're working on a script and, and actioning or working out lines specifically or objectives and things or, or do you keep, keep no, it more finding it on the floor? And I keep it more on the floor and more 
uh, in I guess uh, the only word I can really leap to at the moment is is an abstract approach to mm. getting into something. Yeah. Uh, and and the research of filling yourself up with with what the world of it is. So when you go into rehearsal on the first day, you're sort of full to the brim of stuff mm. that imaginally and um, subconsciously can can feed you and and, and come up. Mm. And that stuff could be, as I said, you know, literal research of the socio-political climate of the 1950s, you know, in St. Louis. Or uh, it could be um, the biography of the author of the play mm. that goes, right, that's that's their mind that created that and now I have a way in through, through that. Mm. Or it could be, you know, a series of monk paintings that <laughs> you've got up in your, that you go, that's the world. Mm. You know, and that's 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 my subconscious is is that mm. monk painting, or and, and and it's coming from that. Um, so that's one way. I didn't do at drama school. Didn't do a lot of actions, objectives, that kind of thing. But I have come to that lately. I've, I I do some teaching, and and I've had to teach that approach. And through teaching that approach, mm. I've learned a lot about it and found it very useful. And I mm. do use that now as a as a sort of a problem solving thing. I don't mm. sit down and go, what is my action? What is my objective? Yeah, yeah, sure. But that language spins around. So usually at some point when working on a play, they kind of go, I think this is what this person wants will, will come up. Yeah. And you go, right, that's, that's mm. it. And it can un- unlock a scene or something. Yeah. But I don't necessarily sit down to work that out. Mm. I just know that at some point that will reveal mm. itself yeah. to me. Um, There's a great point as well before as well with all this stuff. Again, you can feel like you, like you said, you, you can try to hold on to it. You know, oh, I've done all this work. And you kind of want to show almost that you mm. that research. Oh, I found that a little bit. Um, but you're right. It's really there to sit in the subconscious. And it does mm. come out. It's not about, you know. Um, yeah. If you let it, it's about creating rather than going, I will do this and then that will do good acting. It's like, how can I create the circumstances and the conditions mm. within which that can all happen. Yeah. Yes. Um, changing gears a little bit. Are you someone who loves auditioning? Or are you... <laughs> I feel there's two types of people who are like dread auditioning beyond... I hate it. You... <laughs> there we go. I hate it and I'm very bad at it, I think. Um, uh, I love doing self-tests. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's like a little project I'm making. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm doing it in my own house or with a friend. It really or has something. changed the game a little bit in that way. Yeah, it really of, has. Um, a lot of people say the same thing. Yeah. And and I, I feel like it's it's like taking the power back because mm. I go, this isn't, you know, going into someone else's room on their terms and kind mm. of hoping to please them, which is terrible. <laughs> so it's kind of chaos with nerves that you, you can prepare as much as you like, but you can really splinter off. You can sometimes do much, feel you're performing much better because mm. you've got that energy. But you kind of yeah, you're risking it all on mm. a sort of element that's out of your control. Whereas when it which with a friend or whatever in your in your bedroom doing a self test, yeah, um, and that element isn't there. It's yeah, okay. and you can approach it like this is a little project we're making. We're making a little piece, a little, yeah. you know, a little mini work that mm. that we're making. We we decide the conditions and we we create it, and that's a fun little project to do. Yeah. So I'm also trying to now go, okay, that's what I'm doing with those people in the audition room. If I am going into a room mm. with, there might be strangers or there might be a casting director. I, I know from being in a million times and not getting roles, but <laughs> we're just, we're going to make a little project mm. and that little project is going to be a little a video that some people... Have you see. found that approach 
um, helps now when you go into the room. Yeah. 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 Um, what's the reality of doing that? Do you think it's just, um, it's just in your attitude that you're going, it's not me performing for you. We're working together. And that comes across. Absolutely. It's not me performing for you. We're working together. Yeah. Um, it's my audition. It's, it's my project, you know, uh, that, that you're helping me with rather than, rather than the other way around. And, and again, yeah, you know, switching. So you're not trying to please, you're not there to, mm. you know, like, cause it's, you give away your power so much when you do that. And it's one of the biggest lessons I got from drama school actually was, you know, as soon as you start trying to please people, you, 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 you're off track. Mm. How do you find, it's a common theme. I interviewed, um, Les Chantry and he had some great thoughts on, you know, actors writing, fuck it on their hands and all sorts of <laughs> tricks he sort of endorses but to get out of that exact mind frame of trying to please mm-hmm. um for you was it is it about um just sort of yeah take making it more about the work and being in, in the moment is there a particular approach is that because obviously you can say that in in theory I, I think and still that little part of you comes on it's like god i want this role and i, <laughs> I hope they like me of course uh, of course, but it, that's it. I guess that's a constant, ongoing battle. I yeah. guess of of um, how to how to how to you know quieten those those little voices, mm. you know, and um, yeah, that's the closest I've got at the moment. Is is thinking about it as as your project that you're making, and also that you yeah, you, you have no power over that. You can't make them like you. Mm. You can't. You can just go in and do your work, mm. and you know maybe that's what they're interested in, and maybe it's not. Mm. And if you if you take away the expectation that I can, I can influence their decision. I can have power over that. It's like no, I have no. It's it's their decision they're going to make at the end of the day. Mm. I have no. I have no power over that decision. Mm. All I've got is is what I'm doing. Yeah, and that frees you from the expectation that if I do something differently, if I'd done that, if I'd done that, then yeah. they would have cast me. Mm, probably not. Mm. Do you feel that attitude comes in as, as well when you're making sort of decisions on the, on the script that you go, um, you know, you get an idea of a character and you go, this is what I like. And um, rather than I think trying to neaten it up or do, do what's right in inverted commas, you know, putting your own flair on it or making a, a strong decision with a character or something. Yeah, I think I think it's a it's a delicate thing because I think you know um, you know trying to do what you think is right is definitely a mistake. Um, you know, I go, oh, I'm playing Romeo. He has to be like this. Terrible, terrible path to go down. You know. <laughs> um, and also similarly terrible parts go down like how am I going to make this different you know how am I going to put my stamp on Hamlet a terrible road to go down you know mm. Hamlet's bigger than you you know like mm. you can't put your stamp on that <laughs> you, you, you're doing it so it will be different because because someone else isn't doing it mm. and then you've got to uh, let, let the play and the character reveal itself to you and change you and take you somewhere mm. rather than going I'm going to grab this and take it over here in a willful way yeah, that's actually think, a very nice way of looking at it. I think you've got to let it take you somewhere else. And if you're open to that, and if you've filled yourself up with interesting research, if, you've, if, if what you're bringing, the full vessel that you're bringing is full of really fascinating stuff and interesting mm. stuff and stuff that is unique, um, 
then then that subconscious will take you mm. the character will, will be able to take you somewhere if you're not if you're bringing a whole lot of um expectations of what the character should be or how it's been done before mm. or what is the right way to play this if that's what you're bringing then the character won't be able to take you very far mm. anywhere but if you're bringing you know a really full vessel that's full of really rich material mm. then the character can take you somewhere and you'll still be the character and you mm. won't you know be self-consciously doing something with it that's that's distracting or ego driven it's such a great it, it's so great to hear from you as well because in everything I've seen you do um, I always really admire that there's a lot of what seems like really bold choices and strong characters um, that a lot of people probably think oh he goes away and plans that you know how he's going to stand and you know um, but obviously yeah like you say if you're, if you're loaded kind of loaded up on those mm-hmm. creative juices and then it's just you know more a discovery and, and an and organic process rather than... Yeah. Um, and again, this is something, one of the biggest things I learned at drama school is let it reveal itself to you. Don't mm. do it. And if you go away and plan stuff, it will never be as interesting as you think it's going to be. Mm. And it might actually be the wrong choice that you then get attached to or you have a big fight with the director over because you're trying to do something you've planned yeah. that actually isn't serving the story or the other character in the scene or yourself even, mm. um, but you've planned it, so you're attached to it rather yeah. than going, that was a discovery we made on the floor and, and I didn't know that was going to happen. And, mm. and uh, it, it, then everyone's involved in that discovery as well because mm. it's, it's not something you're imposing, it's something that's revealing itself to everyone in the room while you're working. Mm. Uh, and that everyone can be on board with and run with as well and go, oh, right, is that where we're going? Maybe we can go further in that direction. Yeah. And another actor can, can you know, can spin off of, of that as well. Mm. Whereas if it's something you've prepared that you're bringing to show, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not someone, it's harder for someone else in the room to, to go, ah, oh, I, ta- I, can, I can spin off in that direction too. Mm. Do you have kind of, uh, I guess we've sort of covered this, but techniques when that, inspiration isn't there for you if you feel like it's not coming or you is it about just doing more getting more inspired you know no it's about simplifying I think if, okay. if nothing's yeah. happening and going why is nothing happening is it because the text is is dead there's nothing there yeah. is it because um, this spatial dynamic doesn't work mm. is it because the director is, is wanting a version of this scene that, that I don't understand um, or is it because I've got nothing inside in which case go away fill up more yeah. um, or um, more importantly simplify go okay maybe I'm doing too much what, what's actually happening here what needs to happen with the variables mm. and descriptions is a great way of doing that it's like he comes in he's, you know, he's, I just think he's really full of this and angry and, and then his mother said this and he's gone it's like no 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 a man walks into a room he sees his mother she says this. Mm. He goes to the window and says this. Simplify. Like yeah, it's yeah. take take away what it's meant to be, the play, the character. Just go, okay, a man walks into a room, he mm. sees his wife. She looks guilty. Or he sees his wife and she turns away. He wonders what's wrong. Very simple. And you, they're, they're things you can do. Mm. Just simple physical actions. Go, okay, I walk into the room. I see that that makes me think this and, and to break it down and really simplify I think yeah. then you get back to what's what's really happening here yeah. and also what's really happening in the room 
rather than your expectations of what this scene is or what you've all been trying to make the scene go, yeah, but what's actually happening? Yeah. What's that person yeah. actually doing? What am I actually doing? Mm. Is that what's really happening or is something else really happening? So paying attention to what's... And that's really great in performance as well if you feel you're on a particular night, you're going off, or in an audition as well, you're in front of a camera. What's actually happening here? Mm. What is this? You know, just get back to what... Because that, that's the stuff that takes you out of the moment. So you're not present. Mm. You know, you're not actually... You're trying to do an idea of something rather than going, hang on, what's really happening? Mm. You know, even if it gets down to, you know, thinking of the other actor as the the actor and their, their name, like, okay, Susan's doing that. I'm doing this. And yeah, just, right. just getting yeah. back to what, what's really happening in the room. Because in the end, even if it's not hitting the heights you think it should be hitting an audience or a camera is going to be much more interested in something that's actually going on rather than something you're faking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I was reading before a little interview you did with, um, Sydney morning Herald and they asked a question about, um, kind of natural talent. And I, and I, I got from your answer that you sort of were advocating that, um, training and you can, definitely work on acting as a um a craft um would that be a fair assessment that you think um it's something you can obviously improve at and it's a, it's about working as a craft as well as a um having some sort of natural talent with it definitely yeah definitely i mean we all know people who are incredibly naturally talented who never work mm. and people who get heaps of work and are very successful who who have very little natural talent perhaps <laughs> yeah. you know because a there's a business as well yes yeah. that that affects things different definitely and you can you can create the conditions where you nurture and develop that natural talent mm. absolutely and that's everything from technical skills vocal physical skills and that's just as important for camera as it is mm. for theater um as well as as well as your own more in, intuitive skills you know what 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 can you do to create, to unlock that? It's like, oh, how can I make my talent? It's like, no, but how can you create the conditions under which you can work best? Mm. You know, we have, we all have those moments of inspiration or the, the show or the rehearsal day or the performance night where everything went brilliantly and, and it was like, wow, that was fantastic. Mm. What conditions were operating that allowed you to do that? Mm. So how, how, and how they, then can you keep creating those conditions as much as possible? So yeah. that mm, as for as much time as possible, the conditions are right that that might happen. Mm. Uh, and that's about developing your, your kind of, I guess, what, what, you might, what you might call your natural talent, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, because well, um, for a lot of actors, um, perhaps like, I guess more out of work actors, do, do you, um, what would you kind of say to, because obviously a lot of this work is, um, is it about making your own work so that you can, in a real situation, um, work on a lot of these things? Or do you think um, there's things as an actor you can do to, to to grow once you're sort of maybe out of a formal training? Do you, you know, getting together and doing scene work with friends or reading plays, is there particular things that you really encourage or you think actors maybe should be doing more? You know? I think there's tons of stuff you can do and we should all do it as much as we can. And that's everything from 
technical skills as i said vocal mm. physical you know like doing different approaches do, doing warm ups doing classes doing other things doing other physical and vocal things in your life that just expand your range mm. a bit you know that keep you keep you kinesthetically in in your body and ends mm. so that, that that instrument's febrile at mm. all times um technical sort of like audition workshop stuff like learning how to be in front of a camera and get in an audition mm. room like the more of that you can do of course that's that's helpful so there's all that and there's the business side of stuff that 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 sort of links to you know like how how to how to manage auditioning for screen and doing self-tests mm. well and, and nailing that stuff that's sort of all the business side of it that's mm. really important in terms of nurturing yourself and as an artist which is arguably more important mm. um just just keep up don't get too locked down into the business side of things don't don't get so like you know so many actors who all they think about is is acting and the industry and it's very much about how to succeed in the industry and what you can do and mm. i don't deny that that's really important and really works for people uh but if if that's your world then you've got nothing to offer as an artist mm. uh, and in the end that's what people want from mm. you and for me that's about just you know, exposing yourself to as much as possible. All other art forms, you know, mm. understand and engage with visual art and music and all types of music and and film and TV and theatre that's not just about entertainment and having fun, stuff that challenges you or you don't understand or that's disturbing. Mm. Disturb yourself as much as possible. <laughs> Unsettle yourself. Right. Like the, the yeah. work I love the most is stuff that where I feel unsettled and if I'm, if I'm not getting enough stuff that's actually unsettling me or shifting something... Mm subconsciously inside me then I'm stagnating I think you know mm. um, That's a, yeah it's actually a great line because I think yeah it gets very easy to become narrow I mm. think in, in um, especially with a lot of actors if you, you you've got your normal day job you can all of a sudden find yourself just living a very normal life mm. um I think that's great to, <laughs> to disturb yourself as much as possible. Yeah, you know? and read everything, and you know, read read everything. Go to museums and galleries and travel, and you know, mm. it's so it's so important. And you do because you do a couple of other um, creative pursuits as well. Is that right? Do a bit of photography and other things, or you don't? <laughs> I, 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 I do a little <laughs> craft, um, a little craft as much as I can, and, and you know, I also direct shows and you know I've you know when when I was when I make work sometimes I operate shows or you know having having a kind of a holistic view of what you're doing mm. so you know where you sit within it and how all the elements are working which is another thing especially for theatre being across what, what everything else is doing the sound is doing that so I don't have to do it yeah yeah or you know the sound is doing this so I've got to play against that and the more you can understand the whole, yeah. the better you can sit within it, and then it can lift you, mm. rather than, yeah, yeah, great. Um, we might just end having a little chat. You're doing a show at the moment at Belvoir. Yeah. Um, a few weeks in. A few weeks in. Yeah. yeah, I think we've got an, a week and a half left. We close on July seventeen. Yeah, great. And how's it been going? It's going really well, yeah. 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 As I said, you know, this is a project that came out of our company. That, mm. So it's a bunch of people I've worked with a lot over a long period. So it was really great to, to get back together and, and make another show. It's a really particular show. I think it does have a flavour of, of our company. You know, it's a co-production with Belvoir, mm. but it does have a Stuck Pigs kind of 
flavor to it, which I think is um, something people, audiences are really mm. responding to because it's a little different to a lot of the the other main stage work we're seeing. I, yeah. I think this is very, um, it's very generous. It's mm. kind of the work we always make is very generous to an audience, I think. And yeah, cool. Simultaneously funny and and disturbing and sad. Mm. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah. It's not I, you know it's uh, the thing I really like is that it's not oh that's the funny bit and then there's the sad bit. It's like it's those things are happen, happening simultaneously <laughs> on top of each other. So it is it it creates a, a you know a more of a a disturbance rather than a placating sense of yeah, yeah. Um, ex, ex, rather than a placating experience. Yeah, great. Um, I always ask people at the end um, about their favourite play um, or favourite play at the moment or, or as we've been talking about if there's any other great books or films that you've seen recently anything for people to you'd recommend going away and having a checking out uh, oh god just recommends so many recommends um, <laughs> oh that's great I mean at, at the moment I've, I've been sort of really um, I've been really immersed in Tennessee Williams. I've, we just did a remount of a production of Glass Menagerie. Mm. We did about a year and a half ago, and, and we just toured it to um, Canberra and Geelong and Melbourne. Which and, was a fantastic show. And I l- just love that world. And the more I go into his world and his work, the more fascinated I am by it, which is interesting because when I was younger, I'd seen m- many productions of his um, work and films and, and not really responded to it that much. Mm. Because often I think a lot of the core sensibility of what he's doing is missed in in productions of his work, and so that's what I'm interested in. And it's a kind of a queer sensibility, I think, that when people understand that's actually what is at the heart of all his work, it comes alive in a different mm. way. Uh, and there's a brilliant, brilliant autobiography of him which came out last year um, called Tennessee Williams' Mad Pilgrimage of the Flesh by John La. John Lahr is a critic and a biographer, very famous, who's the son of Bert Lahr, who was the Cowardly Lion, famous vaudevillian performer, and he wrote a brilliant autobiography of him, a biography of him, sorry, uh, and he also wrote Prick Up Your Ears, which is the biography of um, Joe Orton. Sure. Anyway, the Tennessee Williams one that came out last year is, is a brilliant read for anyone who's interested in the theatre or the arts. It's a, yeah, great. It's, it's fantastic and a great insight into that body of work. Um, and and the other thing I would in terms of is Anne Carson. Anne Carson is um, greatest living poet in the English language, as other people have said. Mm. And anything you can get your hands on of hers is well worth a, right, a read. Right. I'll get around yeah. That. yeah, yeah, um, brilliant. Love a few good recommendations. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, that's been fantastic. Thanks for. Um, chatting with us pleasure and um, I recommend everyone to run in Sydney get along to the show yeah get the dojo at Belvoir awesome thanks Luke thank you and there you have it that was our fifth episode of Stage Milk Acting Conversations that was Luke Mullins who as I said in the intro is an incredible actor if you see him on a on a stage or you see he's got a TV show or film anything coming up check him out because he really is um, an incredible actor And like I always say, if you like the interview, um, do subscribe to the channel. Um, And yeah, keep your ears out. We've got some great chats with um, some amazing voice coaches. We managed somehow to get Andrew Jack uh, on the podcast, who is probably one of the most well-known dialect coaches in the world. So we pick his brain um, and a whole bunch of 
more amazing people still to come on the podcast. So thank you very much and we'll see you next Monday.